you remember how to do all this? I don't know. It's been a while. I kind of forget the way we do it. <laughs> oh, hey, Justin. Hey. I, uh, what's going on, man? It's been like a second. Yeah, I know, right? It's been a couple. What, we missed a couple weeks there. Maybe two, three. I, I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! I, I, I mean, so much has happened. I've been trying to uh, keep up with it all, but uh, uh, you know, and and I'm sure uh, our loyal listeners have been chopping at the bit, waiting for us to, you know, announce something or say something. But then there are people who just don't know who we are. Who are we? That's right. Uh, who are we indeed? I'm Andro Sturgeon, and I'm Justin Womack. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the Marketing Geeks Podcast. Marketing Geeks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're back. Uh, why, why are we doing this? What, what, tell, tell me what's going on. Well, I mean, I want to... Stay in touch with the audience of this show. I mean, we had a lot of look. We had some loyal listeners here that really enjoyed listening to the to our banter and our uh, kookiness. And I feel like they deserve an update and deserve to know what's happening in the world so that they know how to react to things like Elon Musk now owning Twitter and running Twitter and things like FTX crypto crashing and things like knowing for sure that all my investments went to shit. They need to know that for sure. Oh, they, if they've listened to any of our shows, they would already know that. <laughs> well, they knew that there was a 90, no, well, I guess 100% chance of it happening, but it did happen. I just wanted to confirm that the pattern continues. <laughs> so you are a man who once uh, uh, self-identified as a uh, crypto bro in your profile. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, bruh. How do you crypto bro? How how is your how is your stance on that now? I, I mean, I'll tell you what, it's it's evolved a bit. I am much more cautious with crypto at the moment. I, I am uh I, I think that I mean it's it's at a very significantly low. We're at 52 week lows right now for Bitcoins down around like 15,000 or something. Uh, I mean that's still if you think about it, that's still pretty high considering that before the last crypto bull market, before the surge, the all-time high was around 19,000. Yeah. So we're a little bit, we're just a little bit below that. And in 2020, Bitcoin got as low as 3,000, I think, I believe around there. I know, I know. And I, I wanted to buy a bunch of it and uh, not a bunch of it. I, you know, I'm definitely a thousand there. So buy a, a little bit of it. Uh, and my brother talked me out of it. So Whoops. Yeah. don't <laughs> listen to your brother. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying this, this low here, the low that we're at right now is not the low that it was then. Yeah. However, after this FTX uh, scandal where I heard it described as the Enron of our time, the Enron of our era, uh, or the Bernie Madoff 2.0, basically they were laundering money and they were borrowing money from FTX to pay for debts from the owners, other companies, things like that. They were just illegally using money. And eventually the house of cards collapsed. Do you, do you know do you know what their fatal the the fatal flaw was for FTX though? What was it? The, the absolute fatal flaw, uh, and it's the fatal flaw that uh, Bernie Madoff learned the hard way. Uh, you don't rip off rich people. You could rip off the rubes, you know. You can you can take money to build a wall. You can you know and spend it on yourself. You can you can run 
you know, multi-level marketing scams on poors, but uh, you rich, you rip off rich people, man. Who there is a reckoning. You know, he Tom Brady was on the list. Maybe maybe it was Tom Brady. Did you did did you hear what happened to Brett Favre? Uh, a little bit. I, I don't know the details about the Brett Favre story, but I know that oh my he God. is implicated in a um in some sort of like a charity or scheme or a charity that ended up like stealing welfare money or, or something along those lines. Um yeah, so so there there um there was a uh, a, a plan. Oh, what state is this? I, I want to say um well, he's I mean he played for the Green Bay Packers, that'd be Wisconsin, I assume. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, he was, he was, um, uh, he, he was involved in, uh, this huge scam. This guy just got, uh, like 31 years in jail for it. And basically what they were doing is they, they changed the laws a little bit, the, the, uh, and this was all done under the Republican, uh, government. And what they did is they, they basically, uh, made it so the funds for, uh, poor people, we're going to things like uh, talks by celebrities about fatherhood and right-wing church groups. And, they, and it turns out they were basically just all the money that was supposed to go to help poor kids was just going into rich people's pockets. And uh, Brett Favre, who's a multi-multi-millionaire, got enough funds to buy a volleyball court for his daughter. <laughs> and uh, and so, so it turns out that that basically – uh, anything that would be be able to help these kids uh, never reach them at all because it, it there's a uh, this idea of how uh, people who need welfare are and and so there's a narrative especially in in more conservative circles that that the people who need the help are drug addicts and they're you know lazy and blah 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 blah. Uh, and as somebody who's had to take uh, public assistance myself just to get through a really tight time, I can tell you that's not always the case. And so uh, anyway, it, it, they just turned it into a slush fund and people got really, really rich. And Brett Favre just they gave him a volleyball court for his kids. Well, like, wait, wait, wait one second, though. I, Are you saying that you're not a lazy drug user, Andros? Uh, no, I'm not denying that part of it <laughs> at all. Um, but, uh, but what I am saying is that, uh, you know, despite being a lazy drug user, I still, uh, you know, make my commitments, uh, and, and, and take care of business. So now Brett Favre was like, my understanding is that he has not been criminally charged, uh, civilly, civilly charged, I believe, and he might be facing he may be facing criminal charges in the future. Oh, silly wabbit! Uh, Rich people don't get criminally charged for anything. <laughs> well, somebody did though. I think somebody got somebody involved in the charity. They had a fall guy, I believe. Oh, yeah. They had a fall guy, or yeah, yeah. that was the guy okay. who was controlling the funds, and he's the one who got thrown in jail. And you know, it's like, uh, man, it's just more more corruption. But speaking of corruption, so so uh, okay. First of all, I got to get real about something. Uh, one of the things that kind of like hit me the wrong way is the last podcast we did. And this, you know, just didn't get me excited to do too many. Just, I, I don't think I shared this with you. Definitely didn't share it with the audience, but uh, I, I got a personal message from someone on LinkedIn after our last ones, after I went off, if you listen to my last show, I went off on how bad of an idea Elon Musk owning Twitter would be. And and he said that he was going to he was a fan of the show for years and he was going to stop listening because he felt that that my tirade about rich people owning social media companies went against free speech. 
So, so he was going to stop listening. I was just like, uh, man, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know why people are, are, are still cheerleading Elon Musk. It, it was like it, it, the guy he's, he's so rich. It's disgusting. He's probably doing all the cocaine and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, 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 and I said this to you the other day, him buying Twitter and what he's doing now is the equivalent of a rich guy buying an airplane while it's mid flight and then firing the pilots and then just touching buttons and turning switches and knobs just to see what happens. And, and, uh, uh, I, I don't know. What, I, I, what I told you, you on this, like, I, I just think, I'm not sure that he really wanted to buy Twitter. Like, I, I honestly think that he was like, it was a troll job gone bad. That's he was like, he was, you know, he, he was really enjoying um, kind of playing with the audience and then like teasing it. I think he, I think he liked teasing it more than he actually wanted to do it. And somehow things escalated and got out of control and he ended up buying them. Uh, I mean, the man, he has three companies, right? So he's got SpaceX, he's got Tesla and he's got now Twitter. Boring and, company, I boring mean, company. Well, boring company. That's a, that's a smaller company though. Yeah. And it might be under the, banner of another one of those i'm not sure but i mean you can't it's already pretty impossible to run two companies at a time let alone three so for him to even like attempt to pull this off is uh kind of insane just because his resources are so stretched thin and then to watch what's happening now i, I don't know I mean, it's only been it's been less than a month i mean there's been it's been reported that it's like chaotic over there at twitter there's been initially i believe around 75 percent of the staff was fired within the first week or so at the um of, of the yeah. initial the initial firings and at the time of this recording just a few days ago he 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 said that basically he wanted people to work 80 hours a week for the same amount of pay and uh so massive massive uh people quitting but uh but but and and it's almost like remember that movie brewster's millions that came out <laughs> Never it was heard a, of it. oh john candy and um uh oh, oh what's his name uh anyway uh someone's shouting at the podcast right now saying it's the name is this is the guy okay anyway but Brewster's millions is about a guy who who inherits millions of dollars from a rich guy after he dies and he has basically 30 days to spend like 30 million and if he can do it then he's going to get like 100 million at the end of it uh and so the whole movie is just him trying to spend this money and he can't give it away to charity he has to like like get rid of it. So it almost feels like I I I have this theory that uh, Elon Musk, uh, Vladimir Putin, Kanye, uh, the FTX guy, uh, all of these guys, they 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 know something we don't. Like the world is going to end in like like six months, and they're just like yellowing it. They're just like whatever. I'm going to find Twitter, <laughs> you know. Just but it's the same pattern. Like when Sam, okay, Sam Bankman-Fried is the guy who owns FTX, right? Mm -hmm. and, and like if if you look at some of his tweets he sent after the scandal broke and after like things started to fall apart and they fell apart really quickly, he doesn't see himself as doing any wrong. Like even to this day, I'm pretty sure, like in his worldview, he did nothing wrong. He was just you know, borrowed a little bit of extra cash here and accidentally collapsed the company and, you know, people's life savings. But I really don't think the guy thinks he did anything wrong. We've covered other people that are in this same kind of profile, like um, the guy that did the fire festival. Isn't that McFarland? Is that right? Billy McFarland. That's the name. Billy McFarland. Um, yeah. Well, he, he got out of prison and he already has tried to do another scheme to run a treasure hunt in the Bahamas. But the Bahamas government intervened and said, we want nothing to do with you. You cannot run a business here. So he, he's been uh, kicked out over there. And, and then there's Elizabeth Holmes of um, the crazy medical. Theranos. Yeah. 11 years. She just got 11 years. 
11 years, but a lot of it I think is going to be out in house arrest. And then there's also like Anna from Inventing Anna show. Uh, have you watched that one? Uh, I didn't see that. I don't know the story. So she was this, uh, the con artist who pretended to be a, a millionaire, billionaire heiress, rich heiress. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So she is, um, as far as I've seen, she's just out on house arrest right now or something like that. And she's already trying to do her next scam. So these people are just like, they toy with the uh, with ju- with the the whole United States justice system, and they're I mean, as soon as they're out, they're like running the next business, and they're instantly kind of back to where they were. And it's kind of like a sad tale that people just fall right back into it. I mean, there's Jordan Belfort too, who some people might get behind because he plays himself more cleanly these days. But I mean, same kind of thing. He had a similar scandal, fell out, gets out of jail, and he's instantly kind of back um, making money again. So it's it's kind of this fascinating pattern. Yeah. And, and, and it's also, uh, the fact that these people can, can continue to get away with it. It, it's, uh, and I guess, you know, it, I, so I just came back from the United States. Uh, I, I went to, uh, I flew into DC and then drove to West Virginia where my aunt lived because my aunt just passed away and, uh, she was a hoarder too. So, uh, um, long-term listeners of the show would, uh, know that my mother died and I went to her house and had to clean it out. It was like, quite uh, an ordeal. I think it was like show 56 or something. And um, uh, and so I, I had to fly out there. And this woman, she would just spend her days ordering stuff online, charging up her credit cards, sometimes five, $600 at a time. And she would just buy like Uggs and makeup and blouses. Mm-hmm. And she never went outside. She was almost a shut-in. And then once her credit card uh, got too filled, she would go to the bank and they would give her a 40 year mortgage on her house. And her house was completely paid off, completely paid off. And in a few short years, she went from owning her home to owing 126,000 or no, 226,000 on a home that was worth 260 if it was pristine. And it wasn't, it was definitely not. On top of all the credit card debt too then, or did she pay off the credit card debt with that loan and then it became- Yeah, with the loan, loan. exactly. And then she would charge him up again. And so, so, uh, you know, she did everything right. She, you know, had a pension and the whole bit, but at the end of the day, uh, instead of transferring that accumulated wealth to like, say my son to help him go to college, she, uh, she just bought stuff. And, 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 and it, it, it was kind of eye-opening because it's like this giant uh, transfer of wealth from, from this older generation to the banks and to the credit card companies and to the corporations like Amazon. And, and, and it's not leaving anything for, for this generation. Not that I'm whining about it. It's just more a matter of, it's mind blowing to me that this is allowed. Uh, they gave her a loan last year to pay off her credit cards, 40 year loan. Uh, to and this this woman was seventy six, right? A forty year loan paid off in the year uh, two thousand fifty four. Like they they know what they're doing. It, it and it it so so the fact that that people are willing to just give up their their finances uh, like that. Uh, there's so much opportunity, and I think uh, you said it famously once. Uh, if you can generate fear in people, you have an opportunity to make money. What's the fear that makes people buy things? Well, I guess there's a, there's a couple of them there. I mean, what, she's buying just like comfort items, though, it sounds like. Yeah, that was just like dopamine hits. That yeah. was it. And I, I just looked at her credit card bills, like 500 bucks a day for makeup, and she never went outside. Uh, my wife, when she went to go uh, help me with this whole process, 
uh, I'll never forget her face. She grabbed one of the Ugg boots. It was tons of them, tons of these really high end Ugg boots. And, and, and her eyes popped out of her head when she like looked at the size and it was her size. She's like, Oh my God. So, uh, yeah, my, my, uh, my wife got, uh, uh my inheritance in the form of Ugg boots <laughs> and makeup. Uh, I got a cool knife that was like a $300 knife never used in a box, well, um, I was going to say just like shopping addiction and buying, uh, if you're addicted to buying or um, like addicted to debt, that's actually in the, the DSM, which is the manual of mental disorders that is used to issue psychiatric diagnoses. Uh, diagnoses. So it, it is actually a um, condition that people have. It's considered an addiction. No, totally. No, absolutely. And there's nothing you can do about it. And what's interesting here in the Netherlands uh, they actually have like these public services where if you're an old person, uh, they'll come check up on you. And if your house is messy, they'll send someone to clean your house and like take, you know, just take care of basic necessities. There's like, there's definitely like some community involvement here, but, but in the States, it's just like, I don't understand how, how this type of thing is legal. Everything from like, you know, obviously this woman has a pattern of, you know, some sort of mental illness and, and, uh, uh, yeah, she had stacks of boxes. She was a, a hoarder too. So stacks of boxes unopened. She had six Sonicare toothbrushes, the very high-end versions, like the, the ones that are like 150 or 170 or whatever. She she had six of them. I was like, what would you do? Like brush your teeth and then the battery wears out and then you just buy another one? Anyway, it was it, it, it's an eye-opening. So, so they, to, to your point, the fact that that these people can uh, are allowed to do this sort of thing um, – yeah, it trips me out. Uh, they, they just, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're if you're rich, uh, just don't rip off rich people. You can rip <laughs> off, you know, poor people all you want. The cardinal sin: if you rip off people that are in the nine figure range that are making at least that have at least hundred million in the bank, that's when things go awry. You're good up until that point. That's exactly, and that's why Elizabeth Holmes is is now looking at eleven years. You know, and. Uh, if if the rich people got their money back, then maybe she'll be it'll get whittled down. Well, circling this back um, to crypto because yes. this is kind of we kind of went on we went off here after uh, talking about crypto. I, I do think that the FTX scandal it will be the catalyst to finally get government regulation started with uh, with crypto. I mean, it's looking more and more like that is going to be the case. And if that is the case, I expect crypto to hit a lower bottom than it already is at. Uh, and, and then, I mean, they're probably, they probably will survive. Um, it may not survive, but I think it probably will survive. And there'll just be a lot less coins out there than there are now. Which and it'll be. mirror the dot com. It'll, it'll mirror the dot com bubble or burst where 99 or 95% of these uh, coins go uh, to zero. And maybe, you know, 1% to 5% or even less than 1% survive. And, and then those ones can then start climbing again. Or I mean, I don't, you know, I don't even know exactly how, how things are going to play out. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, there's no way to, and, and, you know, this, the, the, this gets into a much bigger question. So, so, you know, a lot of these coins were marketed in a certain way to uh, you know, they would get celebrity endorsements and whatever. And, 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 and I'm curious about how that's going to be uh, a factor later on. I think that if, if, if you are someone who puts your name behind a product that's scamming people uh, as a celebrity, you should definitely suffer some sort of consequences. But, but well, on that note, real quick. Um, so I mentioned Tom Brady earlier. He was in a yeah. commercial for FTX because he was one of the he was an institutional investor. They lost a ton of money there, but he was also in a commercial with Giselle. Uh, both, I believe, 
both of them, uh, at least Tom Brady for sure, has been named in a class action lawsuit against FTX. Um, and uh, and I believe Larry David is also named in that suit because yeah. he was in a commercial. Yeah. Um, and there was uh, maybe one or two other celebrities that I'm blanking on. But yeah, people that were in those uh, commercials that promoted a crypto that ended up being a you know a house of cards uh, Ponzi scheme essentially are are now in financial trouble. I mean, they're I mean it doesn't mean they're going to necessarily lose money on it because I don't know if that civil suit is successful or not. Uh, I don't know how well the language in the commercial uh, protected them too, but they're they're at risk. And now now the SEC has also gone started going after certain crypto influencers um, in like 2020 2019 that were promoting different um, coins that went under. I believe some of them were. I'm not. Sure, I can't. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but there I, I know that they have definitely gone off after a few um, influencers involved in coins. I'm not quite sure on the specific coins well we'll see we'll see what happens well one of the recent updates though was that there were subpoenas filed against people that were promoting the hex coin which is which is kind of like a one that always seemed like it was a ponzi scheme but who knows and things are escalating so i think we haven't seen the end yeah. the people that were promoting crypto if they did so in a way where they overpromised and made it you know forgot to cover their bases and even if they did cover their bases i'm not even sure they're safe but um everyone that promoted crypto is not out of the woods yet. Well, it's just, it, it's just that, that it, it's the same story, man. People just want to, you know, they want an easy way to make money. They, they, they're willing to gamble their cash on speculation. Um, and, and, you know, there's always an easy target. Um, and with that, I'd like to uh, have a quick message from our sponsor. Are you looking to get rich? Maybe you should try the marketing geeks, magic rich pill. Simply take one of these pills and you will get rich. Simply order a bottle, it's $9.99 per week, and in no time, you too will be rich. Now back to the program. Side effects include losing all your money. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, did you hear about our new Marketing Geeks magic get rich bill? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty amazing. Uh, fuck. We're in the wrong business, man. I'm telling you. If I had a if I if 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 I had no conscience, I, I would swear to God I would start a cult. You know? I mean, I it would be so easy to do. It really would be. It would, God damn it. I mean, that's what I, I think. I think that's the difference, though. I think a lot of these people that we mentioned in the show, and I think this is a good theme, they don't have a conscience. Exactly. And, and they're able to they're able to keep doing the same thing over and over and getting similar results and, and probably end up in jail again at some point. But um, and you hit a good point. And this is this is really something that I'm that, that I've been I, I've come to this realization lately is that, you know, people are saying like like we just had the elections. Why? Why are people voting for these dumb candidates like these people who are obviously absolute crazy idiots why and 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 it, it, it's it, it, the argument i keep hearing is well it's a it's a uh, an education issue we got to educate people it's not because i know some really smart dumb people it, it is a compassion issue it is the fact that uh we have lost our our sense of of compassion in this country and uh, in this world, I think, to a, to a certain degree. And, and, and there's been sort of this idolization of people who don't know how to behave and, uh, and, and they run around and, and act like crazy people and, and, and it's okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's, so I think it's really a, a compassion issue. I think that the, the reason that uh, people like voting for people who are are going to hurt the right people is because they feel that when they're hurting the right people they're going to be on the other side of the boot 
and uh, they're not going to get them in their face. But but I have to tell you, when I went to uh, West Virginia, uh, where my aunt lived, it is the poorest state in the nation, the absolute poorest state in the nation. And uh, and they closed down the coal uh, miners' uh, businesses down there, the, the, the coal business, because people aren't using coal, obviously. We're getting into renewables. But, but everyone there, almost – Everyone had it in their in their head that the regulations from the Biden administration and the Obama administrations were, were part of the problem of why the the whole state is dying, even though it's been basically Republican controlled. I mean, it's uh, Mnuchin is the is the uh, guy who's um, one of the senators there, but he's uh, uh, he's not to blame. It's it's it's. It's. I mean, the opioid the opioid addiction there is through the roof. It's like, it's bananas. It's it's like really witnessing America in decay, and uh, and I think it's really just like people are not compassionate towards other people's uh, experiences, and and that's what it all comes down to. So it's been it's been really sobering for me because I also think about this with everything about uh, you know how Twitter is being run. Uh, and also just how I'm doing my marketing these days. Like, is this an integrity? Is is this thing that I'm doing, this method, is this really a way to help people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, true. So like when you're, so let's say apply it to marketing here. So like what, what goes through your mind when you're considering using a certain, I don't know, a certain tech, a, a certain technique or, or what? Like, how are you, how are you adjusting your marketing based on it? Well, I, 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 for the past couple of years, ever since uh, I got kicked off of Facebook for live streaming on Facebook, this podcast, we live streamed a podcast where I told people, uh, you know, stop putting money into Facebook and uh, you, everyone should get off of Facebook. And then I got locked out and uh, I can't get back in due to community standards. I don't know if there's a connection, but it, it, that was weird. Uh, uh, but, but I still hold to that. Like, don't put any money towards Facebook in general i know people are successful with it and but you love mark zuckerberg still right oh yeah the the android uh <laughs> alien um and you you have your you have your oculus headset and you you're in the metaverse already i believe yeah you, pers- right? I'm, I'm speaking to you from the metaverse <laughs> um but but i i uh i i i i it's really about um how people are being authentic because a lot of people, since they're not using Facebook anymore, they're 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 putting their junk on uh, LinkedIn, and so you're seeing a lot of people now. This is like this this new trend I'm seeing where people talk about how they had to overcome something, and they talk about like what they're suffering and how they're pulling through, and it's like the same damn stories over mm-hmm. and over again, and. Uh, it's almost like when they cut the head off of a dragon, three more heads pop up, but they're all more rancid than the next ones. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just, try- I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out like, like how to be more authentic when everybody is doing this faux authenticity thing. But, but what's not happening is people are not really listening and, and, and being compassionate about other people's experiences. And, and I think that this is the major problem that we are having in, in, in our world today is this very issue. I think that's an interesting point. I mean, this has been going on for a while. I mean, it might be, it might be amping up again. I've spent less time on social media this year than in prior years, but um, I, I have seen that a lot that they, because a lot of these um, coaches, companies, whatnot, teach how to craft your hero story. They, they teach you how to craft your hero story because stories are a way of 
kind of bypassing your conscious mind and kind of getting directly into your subconscious mind. The idea is at least that's the theory behind them. So if you're able to tell like this crazy hero story of overcoming horrible adversity and, and how you did it and then tie it back to some product that you're selling, which is what these people are doing, um, it, it can be a successful sales tactic. So it, it definitely is being abused. I, I will tell you that. And when you see the same verbiage um, in somebody's story or, or something that it, it feels like it's a copy and paste job, it, it does feel very, very inauthentic. And it should raise red flags for anyone um, who's paying attention and notices that because that is a clear, clear sign of, uh, of not being authentic or aligned with the, <laughs> the message that's being put out there. So let me ask you this, because uh, you do a lot of this type of thing. I mean, this is, this is actually your bread and butter where you help people and, and like become their personal brand and tell their stories and stuff like that. So ha has the oversaturation of this type of marketing, has, has this, have you run into like personal issues with this? I mean, I, I think there's growing backlash to it. Um, I think more and more people are are kind of waking up to how paying. Um, I mean, I, I think there is. I mean, there's, it's a combination here. There's value in a lot of these coaching programs to an extent, and there's also um, some. I don't know if it, the word would be abuse or overcharging going on 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 some ends as well. I mean, everything is subjective in this market, so there's no way to prove something's value and they really, mm -hmm. really play off of the subjectivity of the, of this market. But I mean, I do think most, most coaching programs aren't really going to be able to justify um, a six figure price tag legitimately. It, it's, I mean, uh, you know, they can argue all they want that they help somebody make six figures. I mean, that's, that's, that's a potential argument, but I think, I think there's just growing awareness around, around the industry and, and just a lot, some of the techniques that are used. I mean, the techniques are, are large, are very, very um, persuasive. I'll use the word persuasive. They can be, uh, you know, they can really yeah. push people's, uh, they can push people's boundaries and they're designed to. Uh, you have, you have people really, really diving into those influence tactics that we, we did a whole episode series on from Robert Cialdini, but things like um, commitment and consistency are an interesting one because what you'll hear in sales calls sometimes is people will ask you how committed you are, you are you to making this change in your life? And somebody might, uh, and they say on a scale of one to 10, you might say, I'm like, a, I'm a seven. And then it, they might respond back to you and say, well, if you're a seven, I mean, that's really like, you're just like a four in disguise. You're, you're, you're not, you're not advancing yourself. You're not really actually committed to this. So I mean, you're either a 10 or you're nothing. Right. Um, then they finally say, okay, okay. You got me. I'm a 10. Um, they say you're a 10. Perfect. You're committed to this change. That's awesome. And then they get back into the sales pitch later on. Um, they make, they list the price. Let's say it's like a $20,000 coaching program. A uh, person says, well, uh, you know, this isn't really the right time, blah, 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 whatever objection comes up. And they circle back and say, wait a minute, you just told me you were a 10. You just told me you were committed as a 10. Are you telling me now that, you, that it wasn't true? And, and they use this. This is basically what uh, a principle called commitment and consistency that comes from Cialdini's book. Um, because people really don't like the idea of being seen as uh, inconsistent or incongruent people. And, and sometimes that will trigger them to, to change a no into a yes. So it's a, it's wow. kind of fascinating how some of these techniques uh, are used. But it's manipulation. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just manipulation. And, uh, you know, so so one of the things that I've been doing um, is trying to get and and, and the algorithms uh, seem to support this, uh, is that uh, I've been doing a lot of like testing on LinkedIn marketing and just seeing 
uh, what people are responding to, and especially as people jump off of Twitter, they're looking for uh, you know other places to spew their uh, dumb ideas or whatever. Uh, myself included. Uh, I mean, I wasn't on Twitter, but uh, it, and that's that's just as a side note. People are saying, "Well, we need something to replace Twitter," and and there's that part of me that's like, "Do we? Do why? <laughs> I mean, do we need social media at all? It's it's it it, it it's a mistake." Man, Twitter like. I've never been much of a poster, but it is addicting to read it. And it's, but it's not healthy. It's very not healthy. And I recognize that it's not healthy and I still have trouble getting off of it sometimes just because it it, it hits the right dopamine spots. I mean, it's, it's a a straight up addictive place to be. And it's, it's a, but it's a negative, it's just adding negativity into your life that um, is not necessary and not something that's going to move anyone closer to their goals in life, especially if it's something that you have no intention. I mean, you have no control over a lot of what's happening on Twitter. And if you want to have control over it, you're going to have to invest like your entire life into, uh, (laughs) into politics and things like that to, to make, uh, to make an impact. And not only, not only that, uh, it's, uh, there's kind of this, this other, part of it too. I was, I was reading this really interesting article about uh, the nature of time and how, um, you know, we, we would, how we would invest time, like reading a book, you are reading a book, you're, you're, you're gaining some sort of information or experiencing a story, uh, you know, but then TV came along and, and with TV, you uh, have a period of time that you are transported to the story, but nothing really happens. You just, kind of have a story, right? You're not building anything. You're not doing anything. No interactivity too. Right. It's, it's, it's very passive, but social media is this whole other thing. I can easily, absolutely easily sit through an hour, two hours of just scrolling, infinite scrolling Reddit. And, and at the end of it, what do I have? I saw some like funny cat videos and an insane, like, Oh, that guy like got hurt on that thing. And, and here's some outraged news articles. Uh, and uh, you know some growing marijuana tips or whatever, and 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 that's it. Like, but do I even remember any of it? No, it's just like there'll be, and I can't keep my hands off of it too. So I I have to check myself. Uh, you know, I I have to deal with my own addiction as I uh, talk to my son about the very same thing. Um, and and we'll do, I I need to I want to do a special episode on YouTube uh, about something specific that happened with my son. Uh, so tune in next time for that. Uh, we'll definitely do that. But uh, circling back to uh, LinkedIn, what I what I have found is that uh, people who post things that are uh, those personal stories, text with personal stories, if you announce something about a change or a pivot in your life, they do really, really well. Uh, multiple pictures of people do very, very well. But if I ever post something that's like, here's our new product or whatever, uh, or a really uh, slick video, like a super like pro, really well done video. But if it's just me and holding my phone going like, hey, everybody, I'm here with this thing, uh, those do far better. And and so it's it's uh, it says to me that people are hungry for authenticity, but people are also being duped by the idea of authenticity when it's really just marketing. <laughs> when it's marketing in disguise. Yes. Uh, yeah. But I do, I mean, some of it shines through and some of it doesn't for people. And I think it's based on people's experience and how much exposure they have to the techniques that we're talking about. I mean, for us, we're in the marketing space and we're probably connected to a lot of marketers and we're seeing it over and over and over again. That's not the same experience that everybody else has. So for me, it's, it's tough for me to gauge how other people react to it because I, 
I just look at it as like blatantly obvious, but I guess it's not necessarily the case for yeah. everyone else. <laughs> you know, I, I guess so. I mean, that definitely has uh, some part of it. And, you know, we have some of the most intelligent listeners uh, in the podcast space. So they uh, probably are aware of this too. I mean, obviously this all works, but I think that, that now like with a sobering look at like FTX, a sobering look at like how we now see that politicians are just the most corrupt individuals imaginable. I mean, I'm pretty lefty, but Jesus Christ, Pelosi, like, like not voting to uh, for insider trading is like, yeah, it's like, come on. Well, it'd be one uh, thing, like, it would be one thing if she didn't, wasn't worth over a hundred million dollars. I mean, it's like that's not money that came from your Congress services, not directly anyway. I mean, yeah, exactly. There's too many coincidences of uh, right. investments that were made right before major legislation that raise red flags and it's of like course. and it's not just that's not just her though i mean there's plenty of republicans plenty of democrats oh that's what i'm saying that uh, that have all been doing it it's a racket yeah <laughs> it's a racket the whole thing is a racket and i the, the, the like i've come down to this like hey there's there's definitely there's definitely some people who i can get behind but i almost feel like like the the the, the american politics is like the republicans and the democrats it's like living in this abusive household where the Republicans are like the alcoholic father who comes home and beats the hell out of the family. And, uh, you know, and, and the kid's like looking to the mom to help. And she's just like quietly knitting in the corner, not saying a word. Uh, and maybe afterwards says, maybe you're a little hard on him, dear. And that's it. I mean, you know, nothing happens. And I, I, I feel like like we're the abused children in uh, in America. You're not going to see a change though, because you, you do have distinct. You still have distinct policy differences between the two parties, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, they do exist. Um, and then you have two. You have two options. So I mean, you have, and you, you really get most. I think most people get hung up on one or two issues, and they just will not budge on those one or two issues, and and then they just. They will vote for the party that. Yeah, which is. It doesn't matter what anything else. It doesn't even matter who the candidate is. People just don't care about that part of it. <laughs> no, politicians have just become like a sports team. They become influencers. They say the things that you know. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen? Did you see the boys this season on uh, Prime? I, I haven't seen the show at all, so I've never seen it. Oh my god! You've got to watch. Uh, you've got to watch uh, the boys. It, it's it's absolutely great, and it's basically the premise is uh, what if uh, what if like a fascist right wing dictator type uh, had superpowers and was like Superman and undefeatable. Interesting. Like like how would you handle that? Um, but uh, but uh, on that note, uh, what are you watching, man? What do you what what, uh, what shows are you are you into right now? Well, I, I finally finished Better Call Saul, which was uh, definitely my favorite thing I viewed the entire year by far. Mm. Uh, I, I absolutely love that show. That show, so that show just wrapped the entire the entire series. Just wrapped. Um, it is complete. It was six, seven seasons, six and a half, or I forget how many seasons. Um, but I absolutely loved it. It was a it was an interesting show because it's a very slow build, and it's like the first couple of seasons are actually pretty slow. I mean, I still like them. Because they, I mean, I still into that kind of thing. I don't really need a lot of action for me to enjoy something. But uh, I've talked to a lot of people that like kind of gave up on the, after the first season. They're, they're telling me it was just like too slow. But like, if you stick around that thing, that thing is, it's an amazing show. And it, by the end of it, it's like straight up like cartel war. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, fun. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's definitely Shakespearean. And mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I, uh, I actually binge watched the whole thing. I waited until it was over before I started watching it. 
uh, totally worth it. Which I think is smart, yeah. by the way, because I did the exact opposite and like forgot a lot of stuff <laughs> along the way. No, I, I, I wait till at least season three. I call it uh, the lost uh, rule. Like uh, lost broke me at, at the I was like five seasons for this. And I, I know. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, on on that note, uh, Andor, have you seen Andor? Well, wait, 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 wait. Tell, tell me more about what are your opinion on Better Call Saul? Finish, finish that. Oh, oh, better. I, I mean, it was great. I, I also slow. Uh, I, I, I hate to admit it, but uh, there were times when I actually took the uh, if you if you look at the Netflix app on a tablet, you can speed up bump up the speed. And uh, I listen to books like two, two and a half, sometimes three times the speed anyway. So, so because Better Call Saul was so slow, I had to kick it up to 1.5. And um, I'm sorry, uh, Vince uh, McMahon, but um, uh, Vince Gilligan, Vince, or Gilligan, Vince right? Vince Gilligan, yeah, yeah, Mc, yeah. Vince McMahon is the uh, WWF guy. McMahon is WWE, WWF. Yeah. He did. He did, he had nothing to do with Better Call Saul. Um, <laughs> Very little. Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I have to admit there were there were some key moments uh, in that show where where I I I really felt I was watching some of the best television ever made. Like it was it, like the the acting, the the writing, uh, everything was so well done. Uh, so. Uh, definitely worth a while, but um, you know, it's it's not for everybody. Did, did you watch um, Bob Oden Odenkirk who plays Saul Goodman? Did you watch his movie Nobody that came out? I think that came out this year. Oh, I did. See it's that. like John yeah. Wick. It's like John Wick, but with Bob Odenkirk as John Wick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you like and, it? Uh, you like that one? It, it, it was okay. It was okay. it was fun. You know, it was like it was entertaining. It was, it was yeah, entertaining. It was, yeah. Okay. On to Andor. On to Andor. Go ahead. On to Andor. So Andor, have you seen Andor? I have not seen Andor yet. Oh, that we have nothing to talk about. I, I mean, I, I enjoyed Rogue One, which I know the character, the character comes from Rogue One. Uh, and I, I, I enjoyed the character there. I mean, they played him off like a pretty good scumbag uh, in that movie. And uh, I, I want to I watch it. I will eventually watch it. I did watch Obi-Wan. We could, um, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I don't know. I, I haven't had a good Star Wars experience in a while, so I've not been uh, as excited to watch those shows. <laughs> yeah, and that's why it has the lowest rating of any TV show uh, that they've done. But it is the absolute best one. It is. It is what Star Wars is supposed to be. It is. Uh, uh, I, I would even argue not only is it the best Star Wars content to come out in the past thirty years, it's one of the best TV shows of the year. Like hands down. The writing is so good. Andy Serkis, you know, Andy Serkis, Gollum. Yep. Uh, and uh, uh, he has this pivotal key role and uh, he is so good in that. Like you really see like why this guy is a master, you know? Uh, and and so I, I, uh, I implore anybody who's still uh, stuck it out to, to this part of the podcast, please watch Andor if you haven't. It is it is well worth it. Disney needs to, this is what they need to do with Star Wars is this type of content. So uh, definitely yeah. do that. And then I, I've watched the, like a lot of the Marvel. I've seen most of the Marvel content. I did not watch Moon Knight was the one I, I haven't watched yet, which I probably was the best one that I, <laughs> that I skipped. I skipped the best one apparently. Yeah, that was, that was good. Uh, but I did see, yeah. uh, I did see the Thor movie, which was like, kind of, I mean, it's just, really designed for like kids i would say uh, it was pointless it was just pointless it was pretty pointless it was okay it wasn't the worst thing i've ever seen but not so, so let me ask you this and, and you saw you saw black panther 2 which i haven't seen so uh, no spoilers i saw black panther 2 and i saw she hulk i watched uh, and i watched i didn't watch actually i watched like two episodes or three episodes of miss marvel had trouble getting through that one also 
So <laughs> do you, so, so the bigger question here is have we reached peak superhero? Do you think people are just like tired of it? They've seen everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, we've reached, okay. So I don't know if we've reached peak box office or not, but we've definitely reached, um, peak content. Like they're going to have to slow down. They have too much coming out right now. So I, I think we've reached peak content levels where they've hit a threshold where there's burnout and you, and, and also like you, you have these Marvel fans, like even myself included, who were, were kind of watching Marvel content based, you know, on the, the fallacy of, uh, uh what was the fallacy I'm thinking of, um, where you've put in so much time and it's, it's, you can't. Oh, the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. Yes. The sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. Sunk cost fallacy. Uh, but if I, but, but eventually if I can't keep up and I fall behind, then I might, it, it might be enough to make me stop. Yeah. So, uh, because I, I mean, I, I've fallen, I haven't been able to watch Moon Knight and, and all of Miss Marvel and then, she, you know, then there's She-Hulk and then there's Thor and Black Panther and whatever else came out this year. <laughs> yeah, the, there's definitely a glut of, uh, of content. But, but there's, there's one other issue, and this, this goes back into uh, like what we were saying about, you know, the same triggers being used over and over again for marketing. Uh, and that is uh, story beats. The story beats are all the same to the point where uh, my eight-year-old son will watch a movie and he'll go, oh, yeah, the, this is where they're going to lose the battle, you know, because they, th this is, you know, we know that this is, that the movie is too short now, so they can't win. So they're going to build up to the next scene. Like he's he's already calling the story beats before they happen like here's where the MacGuffin comes into play because they need to stretch the movie out for an extra it, hour pretty much we need the MacGuffin to get the thing and then we'll do that the whole battle at the end no i taught <laughs> i taught him i taught him what a MacGuffin is and so he he uh he's now he's now familiar with some of these concepts but i i, I just i don't know i mean maybe i'm just turning him into a geek uh obviously i am but uh do, do you think do you think though that story has also like we've seen the stories now and it's just kind of they're rehashing. There's only so many things you could do with a superhero story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I think that might be some of the reason that you're seeing Marvel pivot. Um, it, they, they haven't been able to change the story, but they're, they're trying to change like the, uh, the setting or the, uh, the elements of the story. You see this big pivot to female characters. Um, this is like a massive pivot to the point where like every, Marvel movie this year has has featured like a prominent female character um or even in every TV show as well except uh, barring Moon Knight I guess would be the exception there yeah. but I mean like Thor brought in Natalie Portman as, as Lady Thor you have But yeah. uh no Moon Knight has a female uh, uh superhero but they do it very well actually I think it was one of the better uh Marvel shows but I I yeah I think I think that they're starting to uh step on their own toes with uh with this content and I I actually just canceled uh, Disney Plus uh, because I just felt it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like all these things have the same flavor and, and eventually it's kind mm -hmm. of, it's just kind of bland, you know, it's the same thing over and over again. Well, I, I was, I was telling you the other day too, that I think some of the recent Marvel content has kind of abandoned some of the character arc building though. Um, it, because, and I think that they made an overcorrection when they brought in, um, when they made this pivot to, to female characters, they, they overcorrected to make up for the sins of the past where, you know, female characters weren't developed enough and they were seen as weak and perhaps they weren't able to stand up for themselves and things like that. But now you have these stories uh, and it started with Captain Marvel, but it's also with like She-Hulk pretty prominently in the beginning, at least the first episode where the characters kind of like are already 
good at what they do before the story starts and then they get their powers they master their powers and like five minutes right there's no heroes and, and then they just go on to the story there's no hero's you know, journey and they barely struggle and they barely have any sort of like struggle in the whole arc of the of the movie or show i mean they're always like kind of in control and i, and I do think there's a problem with that yeah and this ties this ties back into what we were saying at the very top of the show uh which is uh, the, the there's a there's a trouble with authenticity and people trying to market it in such a way that it that it feels real right and uh, and so I guess if we can sum up this show, because we we need to we probably need to close it out. Uh, but uh, it, it really comes down to and and this is this is what my sense of inquiry is moving forward uh, as I get older. Really, what can we do to be authentic, to be authentic marketers, uh, and be authentic in our lives, but do it in a way that we're not trying to sell people something. Uh, that it's not about profit margin and, uh, you know, expansion, uh, yet still be able to participate in the uh, democratic and uh, capitalistic projects, uh, you know, and processes. And I think the, the best thing that you can do is to, is to if you're going to be selling people things, is to want, only sell something that you 100% believe in i mean you have to you, it starts with with what how you feel about the product that you're selling and, and how it's going to to help people i mean if it's something that's really that you know is not really going to help somebody then i mean you're going to come across as inauthentic on some level even you could try all your all the authenticity techniques in the world but if you have some part of you that thinks that what you're selling is manipulative or not going to benefit the other person um it's it's going to create it's going to create a conflict. Doesn't mean you can't be successful. You might be able to overcome that anyway, but it's going to create a conflict in yourself. So, but what if you're a psychopath? What if you're a psychopath? Well, that's different. So, if you're a psychopath, you can do what you want and get away with it. <laughs> that's what we've learned in society. Is that that's good. If you're a psychopath, you're good. All you got to do is avoid jail, and you're going to live a great life. That's the that's the life of the psychopath, apparently. And don't and, <laughs> and don't don't rip off rich people. And uh, if you can generate fear, you can sell people things. Yep. Now, um, going forward, I, I do want to want to keep doing these interviews with you uh, or these uh, these these shows with you um, as we can. So I don't know what the frequency would be yeah. like once a month, once every once every two months. I don't know, but uh, I do want to yeah. release a few kind of um, content things because I've gotten really into. I've been like reading up more about like body language, human behavior, and and more of these mm. kind of persuasion techniques. So I, I do want to record a few. Um, educational that are just purely educational episodes that are on some of those topics. Um, Let's do it, man. And, and so I'm going to make, I want to mix some of that in there too. Let's get the band back together. Yeah. Let's get the band back together. So we, I want to do like kind of a hybrid here of just like pure educational ones. And then some of these uh, where we just shoot the shit. Yeah. And uh, I think we definitely need to, you know, the, the overall arching theme I've heard from people is uh, we need to bring back the sex robot report that has to happen. <laughs> And they want more Andros political opinions. That's what they want. We already heard that. Oh, from man, I don't need, uh, yeah, I don't want any. I'm just kidding. I, I don't want, I'm tired of hearing myself. Yeah, but uh, all right. Well, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andros Sturgeon, and I'm Justin Womack, and we are people, and uh, we are the marketing geeks, <laughs> and we're out. Stay classy. Marketing geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks.